Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Rock and Sexy Uncensored, bringing you the cutting edge of the entertainment world weekly, hosted by Amber Lynn. All right. Woohoo! Welcome back to another episode of Rockin' Sexy Uncensored. We are broadcasting tonight on the United Broadcasting Network at UBNGO.com, Channel One, and live streaming on our blog weekly at rockinsexyuncensored.com. I'm your host, Amber Lynn. It's my pleasure to be here with you guys tonight. And joining me is Joe Williamson. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Joe. That's so kind of you. And you know what, Joe? You look like uh, Angel, too. How you doing? Oh, my God. Have a seat. RNSU works overtime to bring you the cutting-edge talents from the music and entertainment worlds. And, folks, tonight is no exception. Joining us tonight is everyone's favorite bad little boy who literally became a household name after landing roles in Hollywood films, co-starring with the likes of comedian Richard Pryor and the legendary Jackie Gleason in the 1982 film The Toy. And the same year, Kid Co., directed by Ronald Maxwell, he went on to be featured in the Hollywood blockbuster film A Christmas Story as Flick, a kid who gets left in the snow after a child dare getting his tongue stuck to a frozen flagpole creating a scene-stealing school emergency. He's also worked in other noted Hollywood films and television movies, including A Time to Live with the legendary Liza Minnelli, Richard Dunn, and the late Corey Haim. We're so happy to have him back in the house. This year, he will be returning to the big screen once again, to reprise his role as Flick in the sequel, A Christmas Story Christmas for Warner Brother Pictures. Please welcome back to Rock and Sexy Uncensored, the man, the myth, the legend, Scotty Schwartz. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? Well, I got in my car at five to six and I had no juice, no battery. Oh, no. So I called AAA. And I'm waiting, and you guys, oh, 10 minutes, 15, I'm going, oh, my God, am I going to make it? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, as you get older, you got to pee. You know, you got to do what you got to do. So I run back in the house. That's when you sent me the text, and I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Did you the, forget while you were in there the, peeing that you had a radio show interview? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, you know? no, no, I'm God, just kidding. This has happened to us before. So the first I, I literally ran back outside, and I had left the hood open, and he's juicing me up. I'm like, oh, thank God. 
Well, first of all, I just so I drove to fast say hello to, get here. to Mr. and Mrs. Schwartz, Sandy, oh. Brother Sandy, and the yes. whole Schwartz family, and Mazel Tov Thank on you. the new Thank film. You. Yes, it was uh, quite quite a wild experience to, to get a phone call out of nowhere and then end up in Bulgaria for seven and a half, for a little over seven weeks. Right, uh, and you had no idea to, that they were just about to come back with this new sequel, right? No, no, we were we were far from what we, you would call their first choices. Well, they were trying to the recast. With that for a minute, okay? they were trying to recast. Oh, really? They were trying to recast you. How oh, can yeah. they do the film without Flip? It, it, well, what, well, we're going to get to that. Ralph, Randy, Scafarcus, we want to we want to come back just a little bit, okay? We got to come all the way back. So, you oh know, boy, this is like a lot of our listeners. They don't know Flick. They don't know Scotty Schwartz. They don't know. How did you really? get started in acting? They don't know? Do they not own a television? They had bad parents? What right? happened here, you know? How'd you get started in acting? Uh, I was attending a film club with my dad in New York. And it was just a movie club. People watched old movies and whatever. And your and parents I- had two beautiful boys. Okay. Well, Sandy will appreciate that. Thank right? you. Yes. Uh, yes. Hi, Sandy. How you doing out there? Yes. Right? But they did. They had two beautiful boys, and one of them, they... It just happened. It wasn't... in acting, or no. was it you who said, I want to be an actor? I went... Everybody does something with Tad on Saturdays or Sundays or whatever, and I went to the movies. And one of the other members of the film club, uh, there were no other kids. I was the youngest by 20 years. There was nobody there. And that Sandy's was young. your little brother. Sandy's my little brother. Yeah, he okay. wasn't even around yet oh so you got the you got the yeah job. yeah i got and and the guy said hey you know you're very outgoing i'm doing a commercial down in uh miami beach and with yogi berra adorable. it is so cute when he's a little would, would you like to do a tv commercial yankees yogi berra you who sure let's go and we talked to him, everything okay so i went down and did it and on the flight back he's what like did your you're parents great say when they first said we want your son oh my dad's like okay cool I mean, I was, you know. And then your okay. mom just went along with whatever. She just went along with whatever, yeah. Right. Um, oh, it'll be fun. And then got on the flight home. He said you should keep going and introduce us to a casting director and then met a couple of agents. Got signed two seconds in the door, literally. So they, you literally walked on the set of a commercial. commercial. Yeah. Your very first job. Yeah. So it wasn't like you were extra in the background, no. little kid doing oh, no. anything. You just literally got the break. Yeah. And the rest was me. Just, just I, you know, they st- the guy said, "You light up the screen. You're, you got excitement. You got a great look, and you got to do that." Okay. And little kids love the attention, so they're just like, "What? Okay, right? We get, yeah." No, I was just like, "Oh, this is cool. This is fun. Okay." Okay, so then you, you went know. home and you said, "Mom, Dad, I want to be an actor." Well, no, it just we met with the agents, and then I mean, there was a lot. That's seventy-seven. That's March of seventy-seven, and I don't get a movie until December of eighty-one. Okay. You know, so it was four years, so it was 100 so commercials. four years you were doing commercials. Yeah. Commercials, 100 commercials, 100 plus voiceovers, Broadway, off-Broadway. And but you did so much. Yeah. You were in so many commercials, and you did a lot of work. And you guys were on the East Coast back then. Yeah, New York. Yeah. Right, so you had New York training. If you want to call it that. Well, New York training is basically walking up 42nd Street, okay? That's basically New York is it training. really? Pretty much, yeah. Because New York, New York, you know, I do know you know, myself from the work that I've done in acting and, and stuff. And I know New Yorkers are very serious about, you know, their training and talent and stuff. Never, like never had a lesson. Really? Never had a lesson. Just it's, walked it's into really it hard to... and just came natural. Wow. I, I say it this way. I was a movie junkie, okay? As a little Many, kid. As a, as a kid. 
many people, especially on the East Coast, took their bike to school. I don't know if you ever did. Did you ever take your bike to school? Never oh, had yeah, to? I did. Okay, so I had to. Had the Sony Walkman. But I didn't listen to ACDC, Led Zeppelin, Bon Jovi, Journey, well, they whatever. They weren't even around yet. In oh, yeah, they were. were they? Well, no, I'm saying no, when I was in school. It was Led Zeppelin middle school. and Jimmy Page. And, yeah. yeah. But I didn't listen Jimmy to music. Hendrix. I didn't listen Ozzy to music. Ozzy was there. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't listen to music on my cassettes. I had five movies. I had Airplane, History of the World Part One, Blazing Saddles, um, Young Frankenstein, and Smoking the Bandit. And wow. every day I would switch out and listen to another movie while I was going to school. So I was a junkie. So for me to get on stage and perform, I did it third grade, fourth grade. I was in every play and did all that kind of stuff. And who knew? You know, just all progressed. And then and just it one job went to the next. Absolutely. And your agent would book you and you would show up and you would do it. Okay. I, so I actually did 30 commercials in 36 days at one point. That's decent. I mean, I was actually coming home at just see mom. 8 o'clock at I night. I could just see his mom. She'd be like, count, 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 count. No. No, not at all. That's not what they did. No? No. I, my mom, I thought they put it all away for college. I thought I had the conversation most, with them when we yeah, all Yeah, most had all of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, no. I could you know, they didn't need it because my dad had his own business. My mom worked had two jobs. She she was a manager at a Seven Eleven when they allowed white people to work there. Oh, and then um, I'm old enough I can say <laughs> these jokes and I don't care. Right. Um, <laughs> and then she worked for uh, AT and T at I night, so she she got a pension, though. and she was working for uh, for Seven Eleven. So, I mean, they didn't need my money, you know. Just. No, no, no. I meant she was saving up the money for you. Oh, for it just college, sat in the account. Thinking you're going to a good college. You're going to go to a good school. Oh, yeah. Valley right? College one and semester. Really? So you never did. Okay. Valley so College. So the first big movie that you did was not A Christmas Story. It was The Toy. It was The Toy, yeah. yeah. What was it like? So you walk on the set. Did you know? Because at this time, you know, Richard Pryor was a legendary comedian. Oh, he was, no, he was huge. And Jackie and Gleason was on TV I, every day. I was a Smokey and the Bandit and Honeymooners fanatic. Right? I so, was too. I loved I mean, him. The Ralph the, Cramden. The, what was his wife's name? Uh, Ralph oh, well, uh, Audrey Meadows. Yeah. yeah, but what her name was, I can't remember. Oh, my God. It's just, say, to, the to the moon, Alice. Alice. Her name was Alice. To the moon, to Alice. To the moon, Alice. Oh, I loved yeah. him. I loved him. So but, we, but the only way to explain it is the fact that I was an airplane fanatic was the reason why I got the toy, which, which will sound crazy to pretty much anybody here. But true. I get the screen test, come out to California. And uh, they're telling me, oh, you're going to read with Richard Pryor and all this. Stuff. Okay. So I get there. I'm, I'm and you know in the who Burbank Club. I, I know. Because he's an adult. Comedian. Bingo Long, Silver Streak, Stir Crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. And the, and the lady knocks, and I'm very sorry. Uh, Mr. Pryor couldn't make it. He's stuck in Atlanta, divorce number five. We're going to put you with another black actor. Okay. I shut the door, <laughs> and I'm pissed, and I'm cursing. And my father's like, listen, you still got to do the job, whatever. It's okay. Next thing I know, and he's only five, and he's still like this. Next thing I know, he's been this way since he came. Oh yeah, out of shoot. knock on a door, and the actor comes up. How you doing? My name is Norman. Blah blah blah. Okay, he says, "Let's take a walk around." You know, we're in the back Burbank lot. We'll walk around. We'll get some camaraderie. Okay, and we're talking for a couple minutes. I said, "You know, you look familiar." He's like, "Oh well, I did this job, and I did this." I'm going, "No, no." He said, "Well, I did a comedy. I don't know if you're old enough to have seen it, Airplane." The second he said it, he was the thin jive guy. Oh, yes. From airplane. Shit, man, but let me to the bones. Check me up. Oh, tight me. 
I knew all of it. And I, I lost it. It's like fanboy. And I started doing it. And he's like, how do you know this? It's nonsense. It's made up. I said, I know. I love every second of it. Oh, we got done. I went inside. He went and told Richard Donner, the director, and Ray Stark, the producer, if you want a kid who can play with and play off of Richard Pryor, that's your guy. He's crazy. He's nuts. You'll see what I mean when you get him on the set. So we got on the set. We did a couple you know, takes, read through, just the regular dialogue. Okay, fine. Then Richard Donner goes, okay, forget that. Do it in jive. And we just started making up stuff. We were just riffing back and forth. Pretty much there and then they knew I was the one because I could do anything. And I mean, you know. And that was basically what your audition amounted to and how you got the job. And your dad's sitting out there wringing his hands going, He's, is he going to get the job? How's, he, how's my son doing well, in there? No, no, no. No, no. This was on the soundstage. So my dad's at the bottom. They, they had built a big staircase. My dad's at the bottom of the staircase with my agent. And then they make the, the fatal mistake. You never ask a 13-year-old kid to tell a joke. Because the only jokes they know are dirty jokes. They do? Oh, of course. That's all I knew. I d hey, the director says, tell jokes. I'll tell jokes. What jokes do I know? Okay, fine. First joke, I said, uh, 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 he's playing Jack as Jack Brown. He's Richard Pryor's character. I said, Jack, uh, what's the difference between a rooster and a hooker? A rooster <laughs> says cock-a-doodle do, and a hooker says any cock will do. Oh, no. And you're 12? I was uh, 13. You were 13 and you knew this joke? Of course. My father, See, I told you. My father and my agent. It has nothing to do with me. No. Okay? <laughs> my, agent, my agent's going, oh, my God. And my father's like, I'm going to kill him. Not realizing that Richard Pryor is basically at the end of this rainbow and he's the joke teller. He's the N-word guy and the, everything. Right. The fact that I could go he there like the that. He was the original guy that actually made jokes and use the reference that reference of the n-word and then made it like okay to laugh about it yeah right yeah but the fact that i would tell a dirty you, joke they knew i could go there i wasn't the worried toy, about saying you guys something didn't do it. any of that in the movie the toy. well during shooting but mm -hmm. when we were sitting oh you have no idea so i got i got an about. education how come you didn't go on the road with him as a comedian how much fun would that be because you young. would make a great you would make a great comedian if you wanted to do something like that. You could also do that. I, did, I, I worked at the comedy store for a while. Oh, you I did? did? I did a little bit of stand-up. And uh, this was late 89. I'm working the main room. And Richard was coming in. So I told the waitress, just tell me when he comes in. I'll say hi, whatever. So I go in the back. He came in. And in the little green room behind the main room stage is Robin Williams, Sam Kinison, Richard Pryor, and Richard's wife, and me. Okay. And we're going back and forth. We're all laughing. It's time for Richard to and go on. And you were very intuitive, even as a young kid. So you're 12 oh. at this point? You're 12. No, I was 21. Oh, you were 21. In 89, oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, so if you went out and you went all the way to the end, that's where you go to the, to the uh, seating. Mm -hmm. But if you went out and you made a quick left, that's the back of the main room stage at the curtain. Robin walks out, goes left. Sam goes out, goes left. I'm holding the door. Richard goes, uh, what are you doing? I'm going to work. I'm, I'm working. He goes, no, you're not. So he grabs me, pulls me through the curtain. So Robin and, Rich, uh, Robin and Sam are going at it, and me and Richard are sitting on the two little back steps at the back of the stage. 20 minutes, and we're dying. And Sam turns around, and he hands Richard the mic, and he gets up. So now it's Richard Pryor, Rob, and they're doing 20 minutes, and Sam and I are sitting there. Another 20 minutes goes by. Robin turns around, he hands me the mic. I go, 
what would you like me to do? I mean, I've done some stand-up, but I was far from that level, you right. know. He's like, that's your boy. Go get him. I said, that, go get him. Okay. So I go up, and, and Richard's talking to one of the customers. And then he turns around, and he sees me, and goes, oh, you want some of this? And he proceeds to tear me a new a-hole like you haven't seen. Every small Jewish dick joke you can think of. I mean, he's just blasting away. And I'm standing, I'm taking all of it. He goes, you gonna say something? I said, you shut the fuck up. Yeah, okay, I'll say something. He's like, he just gives me the stage. Well, I basically started telling stories of stuff that happened on the set with him. You know, we'd be sitting there and he'd be looking at some brunette and he'd, what do you think of her? Oh, she's, she's cute. I mean, she gave me a blowjob last night. I'm 13. I had no idea what the hell he was talking about. But, I mean, he was my sex teacher. I mean, he was just the everything. And oh and we did God. this for another 15, 18 now, minutes. Now, if that happened in today's yes. world, okay, there would be, like, a descending of police onto the oh. Child services would be called there in. Was, there was all no PC, no nothing, whatever Richard said. That's what he said. And he you know. was always like that, and it was meant to be taken in jest. Of course. And fun, right? But he was, he, was, he, he was the on-off guy. When he was off, he would sit in his chair, he would read books, underlining, learning, you know, becoming knowledgeable at whatever he wanted. The minute you turned him on, that was it. it was all he over. was the original shock. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and you had Lenny Bruce and daughter, Red Fox. Uh, Rain. Rain at the uh, Chiller. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, Rain's really My cool. little sister. Yeah, she's My such a sis. sweetheart. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I got, when when you know people since they're 8, 9, 10, 11, it's like, you know, 30, 40, they're, they're the little brothers, the little sisters. So once you did the toy, though, it really just took off from there. Then you did the toy and Kidco in the same, you well, know, yeah, like Kidco was kind of just like. I got home in July, and by October, I was in Tucson doing um, Kidco. Got done doing that, and that one on was just Sunday. Like the next film, yeah. It was but just... I literally got home on Sunday, the nineteenth or twentieth of December, and it was that Wednesday, which is like the twenty third, when I met with Bob Clark for Christmas Story. Nice. The toy had opened in the theaters, you know, and I went in, and he's like, "How you doing? It's nice to meet you." And we just talked. So the toy had already opened in yeah. theaters yeah. when they. So when you walked in to do a Christmas story, they already knew who you were from the toy. So you had yeah. that. But that Bob wanted to push. meet me. He just wanted to see if I was a regular kid or if I was the typical showbiz banana. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talked for 15 minutes. And he says, you know, I missed lunch. We were in Manhattan. You want to go downstairs and have a hot dog? Sure. We go downstairs. We have a hot dog from the, you know, the dirty water dog and have a Pepsi. And it went What's back upstairs. Dirty water dog. On the corner, the corner stands in New York. Oh yeah, the dirty water. they're called they dirty water dogs. Dirty water dogs. Oh, I love those too. I, mm -hmm. I like the Sabrettes. ones in Toronto too. The ones yeah. because they have the the sausages. Yeah, they're all good. Yeah, they're all good. So we had we had. That. I didn't know the water was dirty. I'm not going to ever be. Able well, because to when you when again. you get there at at eleven o'clock in the morning, it's it's fine. But by three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon. 800 hot dogs have been going in and out of that thing, and they just they just keep going. They don't right. they don't clean the water. Right. Still healthy. Nobody gets sick. Right. Usually not. I've never been sick off of New York. Neither right. That's what I'm saying. And I love them. Oh, yeah, I know. I I'm good for two yeah. to four anytime, whatever. Yeah. Right. As a matter of fact, I remember when we drove in from Chiller. Remember that? Me and you, you. your mom, and was your mom and dad and Sandy and Julie Kay. Yeah. Right? And we went to have dinner at the 
underground Chinese restaurant. Whoa Hop. Whoa Hop. Whoa Hop. If anybody is going to Manhattan, go to Whoa Hop. It's 17 Mott Street, south of Canal. Go downstairs. It is the greatest Chinese food on planet Earth. Period. It really nothing is. Close and you'll it. have the best time. You'll have the best time there at the same time. And then when we left there, we still went and got a, a hot we went, dog. Yeah, we went to Times Square. Yeah, we went to Times Square and we got one of the hot dogs. Remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so you come in on a Christmas story. Bob was just like, I wanted to meet you. Thanks. So he takes you for a hot dog. He says, you got the job. Nope, not. He just let me go. He said, thank you. I appreciate you coming. I said, do you want me to read anything? He said, no, you're good. Okay. Left, walked up seven blocks to my agent's office. I walked in. She said, what did you do? We talked. We had a hot dog. She goes, good. He called already. He got the movie. Nice. That was it. Listen, so here's the thing I don't understand about A Christmas Story. Okay, And I've seen A Christmas Story. It's one of those films that you've seen like 15 times or 20 times. I saw it so many times as a kid. And um, there was a character called Schwartz. Well, of course. that's It's written in the book. Okay. Because it comes out of the book, there's Schwartz and Flick. Just the fact that Scott Schwartz gets cast as Flick was and like, R.D. Robb kept, gets cast as it Schwartz. It kind of derailed me every time. I was like, because he kept calling him Schwartz. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. he was, right? And then Imagine being on a set when they're going, uh, Schwartz, okay. I said, yeah, then no, the other Schwartz. The I mean, that happened Schwartz. all the time where they wanted R.D. Robb, who played Schwartz. They wanted him, but I would respond, you know. Schwartz, we need, yeah, what do you need? Oh, no, no, not so me. how many kids? Sports. How many kids were on this set? Seven, eight. There many? was a right, like there was like oh, wait, there was like a, a five name. Right, Ralphie, okay. Randy, Scott, Farkas, Grover, Dill, Flick, six. They were on the set all the time. How was it when you worked with all of them? Did you guys become kind of like best friends? Uh, Peter and I stayed friends. He had my house number. I had his house number. Uh, none of the other guys, they were, uh, Scott Farkas and Grover Dill. Scott Farkas, uh, was from Canada. Grover Dill's from California. Um, and Ian, who played the little brother, he was much too young. He was like Who chose Flick for you? You never had to audition. You just showed up on Bob the Clark. He knew it was me in two seconds. So when we get to the scene where you play Flick, who gets his tongue stuck to the frozen flagpole, we've got it here. Can we can we go ahead and take a look at it? For my nine hundred eighty eighth millionth time. Right. <laughs> Roll okay, it. Here we go. But this is for our viewers, so you know exactly what we're talking. No, the the it's, this this overcloud. It's anywhere from twenty to twenty four below zero. This is in Canada. Oh, you're kidding. Oh, no. You're in St. Catharines. St. Catharines. And I lived in Canada for a while, so I knew exactly where you were. I was in Niagara Falls. And nuance of right. In this ritual so when you went to Canada, important. we'll talk about this one. Are you kidding? Stick my tongue to that stupid pole. That's dumb. That's because you know it'll stick. You're full of it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like double dog dare you. Now it was serious. A double dog dare. What else was left but a triple dare you? And finally, the coup de grace of all dares, the sinister triple dog dare. I triple dog dare you! Hmm. Schwartz created a slight breach of etiquette by skipping the triple dare and going right for the throat. All right, all right. Sneer. There was no going back now. This is next. Duck, duck, duck! 
that I said, I came up with this. All no, I just want to wait till the... part about this scene is that he gets left by all these kids out and then they get in like this big trouble well no the teacher says where's flick has anybody seen flick and then the one girl goes you know kind of does and the he's still thing. out there and i'm out there he's still out there and this was just one of the funniest things and as as a kid i remember watching it and just wow and then here you are all these years later we meet in a completely different world. Absolutely. In a completely different place. Oh, yeah. Right? And you're still like this kid. You know, you're not a kid anymore. You're fully no. grown. Well, of but course, but I, I looked 15 or 16 and I was 21. He was 21 years old and he still kept that youthful look. And you still do even today. No drugs, no booze. Lots of stripping in my day, but not, <laughs> not, not that much now, but a lot, you know. Too then. much information. It says uncensored. What do you want me to do? Sit here with my thumb in my ass? He no. can talk about it all he wants. Yeah. I'm 54 years old, man. It is what it is now. Right? You Back in the day when you had to like act appropriately and be politically correct, now we're proud of all the dirty shit we got away with with our youth, right? I, I don't know that I've ever been politically correct. That just that That's not how I was brought up. That's not what Richard Pryor taught me. He was my teacher. He was my mentor. He said, you want to say something, you say something. But this is what happened later in life. But let's go back to Flick. Okay, so you finished this movie, this movie releases, and they didn't even really expect it, I don't think. Because I remember it was this Hollywood, this holiday blockbuster film, and everybody went to the movie theater to see it. And it was just a big deal. And from that minute on, you were like a household name. Well, the toy really did that. Christmas Story had its short time release. It did It did okay. It made money. That was fine. But it basically sat on MGM shelves for 13 years. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I mean, think Joe mentioned that. They put on VHS. That was it. It was in VHS hell. Okay, fine. And Ted Turner was buying the MGM library. And... He, the story that I got from somebody very high up at Turner, they told me what happened. There was two movies left, and Ted Turner's secretary said, well, what about a Christmas story? And Ted Turner said, what's that? He had never seen it because it was only in the theaters a short time. Okay. So she brought in her VHS tape, and Jane Fonda and uh, Ted Turner watched it in the office. He said, oh, what a wonderful film. Okay. As part of the package, they paid $250,000 for the movie. That's it. Wow. And it's, it, they've already stated that uh, for what they paid for it, A Christmas Story is the most profitable film in the history of Warner Brothers. Wow. For what they paid for it. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? And then the marathon, which the uh, secretary suggested. Ted's like, okay, we got this. What are we going to do? And she said, well, why don't we do a marathon? We did it you know, for a couple of years with Wizard of Oz. Then it died. And we did it with... It's a Wonderful Life, a couple of years. At least if we do it for two years, we'll make our money back. I was just going to say that there are three films that I watch every Christmas. It's a Wonderful Life, it's Tradition, A Christmas Story, and then the other one. What is that other film? I can't remember. Elf, Christmas Vacation. A Christmas Carol? 
like a Christmas, Christmas carol. carol. It's a Christmas carol. Scrooge. And that, the one with Scrooge, Ebenezer Scrooge, and all of that. And I, it's not Christmas unless we see all of that. So did I you watched ag- Scrooge because Richard Donner, who did the toy with me, directed Scrooge so and point, got me to meet Bill Murray. Okay. At this point, did you understand the level and depth of your fame, or were you just a little kid just having fun on a set still? Oh, I was just having fun on the set. That's the way I've always been. I mean, that's just you know, I. I I, I learned from a master. When Richard Price said to me, you go and to so his, go to really his set ch- prepared and relaxed. Okay. Not making a fellow. You know, you're making family fun or with comedies or whatever, you know. I'm, I'm not making Shogun. You know, I don't have to be serious. Well, The know. Christmas Carol became one of the most iconic, famous films of all time. You know, it's, 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 it's uh, you know, it's, it's still to this day, they still have the marathons. You know, they have it on two stations. I know. They're making so much money, they don't know what to do with themselves. And you know, the thing that's going on today is they're going back and they're resurrecting all of this, and it's music, and it's films, and it's all of this stuff that came out through the, the 70s and the 70s, 80s. 70s, the 80s. The nostalgia's the 80s, back. The, because they cannot reproduce it in the same form and get the same reaction. No, I mean in, in in. It doesn't matter what it is. I mean, the, we would rather see old fat Gene Simmons or whatever coming out onto a stage now than try to go and create a new band who's doing the same thing that kissed it. They do just it. don't buy it. It's impossible. Isn't it amazing? And and, and thank God for t- that. And, and film is the same way. Nobody wants to see a new Breakfast Club. Nobody, because you can't mess with that. Now, in Christmas Story's case, they did a Christmas Story two years ago with Daniel Stern. Disaster. Then they did uh, My Summer's Tale, My Summer Story, with um, uh, Charles Grodin as the father and Mary Steenburgen as the mother and Kieran Culkin as Ralph. Disaster. Then it sat there. Now it sits there all these years, right? Who knew that two guys that I actually know would create a series that would change the entire game, which is Cobra Kai. You know, oh, yes. Cobra Kai changed everything because it's so incredible and it's such a great series. And they've done so well with it. They went, all right, what else do we got? With, with that had young guys that we could bring back and whatever. And like I said before, we still weren't the first choice. When they called me, actually Peter Billingsley, who's Ralph, he was the produ- one of the producers on the film. You have to audition. Okay. For the new... For the new Christmas uh, story. Uh, the so I said, okay, well, what do I do? And they sent me, you know, the sides and the stuff and just, you know, do, do it on your phone and send it in, you know. What, well, that's okay. how they do things today. And it does make it a lot more difficult because I get auditions all the time and they send them to my agent. My agent calls me up and says, you know, you need to do, you know, this on your phone. And I'm Oh, like, I'm horrible. Do it on my phone. I've got to look like blah, 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 blah. And you go into all this stuff and they're like, no, we just want a quick thing on your phone. Yeah, yeah. I had a, and I had a friend of mine. You go down the street and you do it in the studio and whatever, and they're like, they don't. But I literally, my friend lives eight minutes from here, and I, I, I called him up, dude, I got to come to your house. I can't do this on my own. You got to do this for me. Yeah, and then they'll want to read your lines over the phone or over, you well, know. Well, no, over... I read my lines with him 
you know, just it recording does make it on it a my lot phone. More difficult yeah. because you want to look good, and especially for me or women, you want to put your makeup on, you want to do your hair, you know, you got to run out, you got to get, oh. Yeah, no, I, I didn't do any of that shit. No, I didn't do any of that. No. He started the camera, I had a slate, hi, Scott Schwartz, Most, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then I did. I sat down, I did the reading, and I say it this way, I sort of cheated, but not. The night before I was coming back from New York. Okay, so let's I, wait, talk wait, wait, about the character. Wait, 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 wait. I watched the original on the plane. I watched my scenes with Schwartz because the dialogue I had to read were scenes with Schwartz. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to get in my head the beats and the rhythm and his voice and, and our inflections. So I would be right back at that place again. So. And of course it helped. It was perfect. Hold on. We're holding. What are we? Can you talk about that, or are you? Well, I can talk about some of it. Okay, good. I, I can't talk about all. So, of are it. you playing flick? I'm playing or flick. Or are you playing flax? No, Who's I'm playing flick. You are. You are. Yes, flick. It's, thir it's thirty years later. It's thirty years later. Flick's a bar owner. Oh, he is. Flick's tavern. Flick's tavern. Oh, yeah. they're letting you talk about it. Okay. Just a little. I, I can't tell you much. Okay. Because they haven't started any, you know, real publicity for it. Is he it, like you know. a drunken bar? Owner? No, no, oh no, he's <laughs> he's, he's just, has Flix Tavern. Listen, what was great in in my case was the film was set in '73, and the minute they said it, I went, okay, Elvis lamb chops. I want the must, you know, the full on. And they let you do that. They let I you have did creative. It. I traveled. I, I didn't shave control. for three weeks, so I get this, and then I got there and I shaved and I made it all nice. Go oh, and, I see, and I see Peter, and I see Peter, he goes, you look perfect. They did a great job. I said, Pete, they didn't do dick. <laughs> this is mine from home, dude. He's like, don't change anything. It was perfect, you know. Yeah, love Peter, too, by the way, and his character. And so you can you talk about Peter at all? Uh, Ralphie's an aspiring writer in that lives in Chicago. Yeah, he boy, he grew up from, from that cute little kid to being like a good-looking guy. Still has those incredible big blue eyes. blue eyes. He's got the big blue eyes, right? Yeah. So he, he reprises his role. Mm -hmm. And so tell us about the cast. So the original cast is all there. Uh, Ral uh, the kids that played Ralphie, Randy, Scott Farkas, Grover Dill, Flick, Schwartz. Um, the mom, uh, uh, Melinda Dillon, who played the mom in the original, she's retired. So they got Julie Haggerty nice. from Airplane. Uh -huh. Oh, my God. You know. <laughs> It's great. Oh, so she comes in as the mom, and she she's comes just in a, as new the mom, yeah. a new character, a new actress. I mean, there's her. nothing like meeting somebody that you have absolutely just loved the work for over 40 years, and you just walk up well, to them and say, hi, I'm Scott. So and is anybody on board who knows how to fly a plane? I mean, I had to. There was nothing I could do. I couldn't hold back. I can't wait. What did she say? You, you have no oh, idea how excited I am. I'm really excited to see this film, I, I tell you, because, you know, I was a fan of it as a kid. You know what I mean, mm -hmm. and and the movie itself, and and it just—it's got a lot of heart. Like it's we got were some saying comedy. when you were watching the clip, it takes us back to a place in time where the world was just different. For me, it was. It was just kinder. It was not so crazy. There were—I don't know. I mean, nobody maybe, talked about politics. Nobody cared about fucking politics. And nobody you know? knew who nobody you voted for. Nobody and cared. All this other crap, and we were all just. And I don't even think we had phones at this time. You didn't have a text not. phone. You didn't have a cell phone. We had nothing. We had nothing, and you had to communicate we didn't even have, we didn't have with beepers each yet. other. Right. We didn't <laughs> even have the beepers yet. We didn't have the cell phones and the no internet and all that. And you know what? It's great to have technology in life, but it 
forced us into a place before where I think when we were forced into communicating as human beings more in a one-on-one basis at that time, we felt more like we had to be um, more communicative and, and we were stuck together. Like our survival was grounded in how we worked and with each other in the community. Well, of course, but more of a community. Now well, it's just like, eh, eh. Oh, no, you no, know, it's this. People this is wa- what it is. walk around like this all day long you know, all, in the gym and everything. And I'm as guilty of it as anybody, but it did change the communication dynamic in this world. See, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with cell phones not in school. You see, we did that. You see, we actually got to school and got home if without I, a cell phone. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And now you got every eight-year-old holding cell phones. Right. And now and one they of the just look everything up on no, the internet. No phones in school. I do have a question about the film. The film is produced by Peter Billingsley mm-hmm. and Vince Vaughn. They're well, Wild West, West Productions production, um, uh, uh, production company mm-hmm. and Legendary Films Entertainment mm-hmm. co-produce. Mm-hmm. And Warner Warner Brothers. And Warner Brothers. Okay. Nice. Why is Vince Vaughn not in the film? Was I just ne- can't imagine never, that they would take. Was like, never up for any of the roles. It doesn't fit any. He could have fit one role, but he was actually doing another film while we were shooting. Okay, okay, because it just you know. seemed to be when I saw Vince Vaughn's name, I was like, "Oh, Vince Vaughn's in it. Oh, it's going to be great." Yeah, but no, that's the, the, and then it, it's not really what they wanted. They wanted well, there to could keep be a as compl- many original people as they could but there's other parts for other people well, well listen you they, know they, they added one role which was oh my god uh uh he's a he's an english actor he's from the united kingdom and the character's name is larry in the script right and he's got this thing with with uh uh with ralphie and so it was kind of like it was like right before you see me and 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 schwartz mm-hmm. and rd and we're like right, who's this guy who is this character? What the hell is he doing? Whatever. And then he kind of moseys his way into the next scene, and then he's in another scene, and then whatever. Well, we got to, uh, there's a scene at the dinner table. And I mean, he is a rip-roaring riot. But when we got done with that, we're like, you know what? Larry is an okay character. It right. worked within the confines of the film, but to have somebody like a Vince Vaughn, everybody's going, oh, that's Vince Vaughn. Whereas really nobody is going to get up and go, oh, that's Peter Billingsley. Mm-hmm. No, they're right. gonna get, that's Ralphie. You yeah. Know. Nobody's saying, hey, that's Scott Schwartz or that's R.D. It's well, there's you. other parts. Like I said, there's other parts to the film where I th- was hoping that he would have been cast somewhere in the film no, no. and be a part of it. So A Christmas Story Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. It is slated for release November 2022. Yep. So get your popcorn ready, kids. Yeah. Grab can I, can I t- yeah, have I got time for one quick funny story? No, no, you sure do. Because I got I got a little other thing that I want to get. I okay. want to talk about while you're here. So, so we we shot in Bulgaria. Mm-hmm. That was you know for money reasons. They have full sound stages, back lots, everything over there, whatever. Their vernacular is not set up for the name Schwartz. They can't pronounce it. Okay. The fir- first day I'm on the set, the uh, the production manager goes, okay, you know, send in the legends. That's what they call it, the legends. They called you guys the, the legends? The legends, yeah. <laughs> I love that. So the girl, that the PA who grabs us, you know, he's got me and Artie, and we're walking, and she goes, okay, I have Flick and Schwartz, Flick and Schwartz coming in, Flick and Schwartz. <laughs> and I'm like, Sit, what, huh? Schwartz. No, Schwartz, no, Schwartz. Oh my, I'm dying. I'm like, oh my God, this is hilarious. I had to call my mother. 
That night, I called my... I said, you're not going to believe this. You said Fluffy I had your farts mind. are going on the set. Fluffy's <laughs> farts are going on the set. <laughs> and it's... I, 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 Before the pandemic, I would see Mel Brooks in Beverly Hills for lunch once in a while. And I'm like, I hope he comes back. I got to see him. I got to tell him this because he's going to crack up. Flicking Schwartz, Flicking Schwartz, whatever. Oh, my God. It was it was a riot. You know. Their McDonald's is halfway decent. And that's about so it. So what do you think of the film? I have not seen the you film were, yet. You're excited? You haven't seen it? I have not seen the film When's yet. When's the premiere? Probably a week before it comes out or that week or whatever it is. I'm, we're supposed to see it a little bit before that. They said they're going to have a screening okay. for us. They've had a couple of private screenings. And to my knowledge, from what I've been told, I know you'll everybody take your loved family. it. You'll everybody take your family it. to it, right? Are you ready for this? Uh-huh. In my contract, this is how nutty this is. In my contract, if there is a premiere of the film, it is talent plus one. Oh. Talent plus one. I oh, said, they're going to let your So I go, come. so I'm on the phone with the guy from Legendary. Well, I'm going, available. Seriously? <laughs> I said, what if I have a girlfriend at this time? I'm going to bring my mother first and foremost. You have to bring your mom. What if I have a girlfriend and at Sandy that time? And Sandy will want to come. My brother. At, oh, no, I'm sorry. It's only one. What happened to Mrs. Elizabeth? Miss Elizabeth? She's home. She's home. She's home on the couch. He's still out. He has oh, a yeah. little. I Mini was... teacup chihuahua. She's four pounds. But I talked I talk to Peter. She's getting up there, set. though. She's older. Seven. She's seven? Oh. Yeah. But I talked to Peter when we were in Bulgaria, and I said to him, I said, well, what did it? He goes, dude, just call me. Whatever the hell you need, I don't give a shit. You can have whatever you want. Don't nice. That's Pete. It was Congratulations. Great. I'm really excited for you. It was and very I strange. I, it, wait, wait. It was very strange going on the set the first day, going back into Flick and having Peter there and RD there. And, and, well, you've and worked Zach on was, tons of projects since yes, then. And you, we, did, he, you did 21 Jump Street. I've done with, tons, but with we've lost Depp. people. But we've lost people. Did he Bob hit Clark, you? the original director, <laughs> is gone. Did Johnny Depp ever abuse you on the set? Johnny Depp and I are pals. Know, We're good to go. Kidding. It's but, a joke. Yeah, I know. But we were. I'm on the set, and I st- and I kind of started like this emotional roller coaster, because I was thinking about how much Bob Clark would have loved this. He would have loved to have come back to this again because he loved it. And then I'm like, Gene Shepard's gone, and Darren's gone. So I'm I'm literally trying to keep my makeup dry, and I started to cry and this and that, and we're and we're starting to shoot because he's he's sensitive. You I, are no, I'm just to certain things. Certain things. Well, I have no, about but everything. you, I like that about you. You have People that, good, that nice so Jewish boy, exactly. raised in a good family values. <sighs> I, you know. So I miss. Bob's. I know his parents. I know his brother. I I'm, know his. Family. I'm doing part of the dialogue, and I'm getting stuck at like this one line. And so I, I did it a couple times. All right, fine to get through my close-ups. And then when I was doing it with RD, with Schwartz, you know, I was with holding a, up with a silver tongue. Twist. I'm holding up the paper. I'm holding up like the it's like this big, but it's the script, okay? Just so I don't get stuck. And Peter's like busting my ass. Dude, get off the book. What are you get off the goddamn I can't say to the producer on the film on the set, dude, this is what's going on. I can't do that. Wow. So I got through it. We got through it. Okay, fine. So then after you know, we we wrapped for the day and I went real quick and, you know, got my makeup off, whatever, and I came back to Peter. So I said, Can I talk to you for like Three minutes. He's like, sure, come on. And I told him what was going on in my head, you know, thinking about Bob and Darren and whatever. And he's like, you know what? Never even occurred to me. That happened to me three and a half weeks ago when I got here. I've had that because ha- I get very Virgo with things, and you see it when I'm doing, you know, my work on the show as well. I'm a perfectionist. And I get that. I have my book, you know? And people, and they do the same thing to me. They're like, get off the book. Get off, stop, you know? Yeah. And it's just that Virgo thing. And 
you know, you, you're trying to do the best job you can possibly do. It just of course. You and you are. You're a little bit nervous, and you want things to go right. And um, I do want to talk to you about something, and I want I want to talk to you on the show. This is good, you know, this is good yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And this is great. We have just enough time for you to talk about it. You know, you co-starred in the TV movie A Time to Live with Liza Minnelli, Jeffrey Dunn, and the late actor Corey Haim. Mm -hmm. And I know you guys are friends. We were. Okay. And I also know there's been a huge amount of contention between you and Corey Feldman. Oh, the piece of shit? Absolutely. Over the yeah, go way ahead. you guys. See, now the can comes both, off. Wait a She's minute. The over can the now. way you guys both have experienced the situations around, you know, him, his passing, what it was about, what it was like, and whatever. And I have. As a viewer looking in who also knows both of you and who also knew Corey Haim, although just, you know, in passing, I always felt like it sidetracked and took away from Corey Haim with the arguing and the stuff that would go on. So I just wanted to have you talk about Corey Haim, your colleague, your friend, and what it was like to work with him, how you felt about him, without talking or bringing in the schmuck. Yeah, okay. If that's what you want to call him, and just I call you know, him and what it was it's like at, at a young age. It's an asshole. You, but, but wait that's a minute. But when you lost your beloved friend, how it felt, what it was like, you know, just talk about Corey for us for a minute. Heem was the nicest, sweetest, kindest kid you could ever meet. Did and not have a bad And you were in the film together, a time to live. Yeah, it was a TV movie of the week. So you, we, you worked together, you mm -hmm. became friends. Yeah, we, we both, I moved out to L.A. Uh, eight months before him, and then we moved into the same apartment building together so we could save money on a rent. So he was right above me, you know. Um, he was just, he was a great kid, you know. I mean, since his passing, March 10, 2010, I have not watched literally one second of anything that he's ever been. I can't do it. I understand. You know, I, I just miss it's him. It's difficult to lose a friend at a young age. You know. I I lost friends in my youth. I actually lost my first boyfriend, uh, Larry McKay, when I was 16 years old. He committed suicide, mm. and it was devastating. It was devastating to our whole community and our whole childhood circle. And I know that it was devastating I saw for him, everybody. I, saw him, I, was in, I was in the Oakwood with him two weeks before he passed. Mm -hmm. You know, and he had cut most of the pills out. It was an addiction thing, right? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. From, from his passing? No, his passing was walking pneumonia. Oh, okay. Had the same thing as Brittany Murphy, her husband. I mean, it, it's, it's an illness that you don't feel good, you feel sluggish, you kind of feel like the flu, and you don't go pneumonia. to the doctor. Okay. But while you're doing that, the flu is building up in your lungs, and by the time... Well, a lot of people hit... are getting that from COVID now. Yeah. It's coming out a lot with COVID. But we kind of know... Like COVID is something that, hey, if you feel like this, go see somebody. Okay. Whereas walking pneumonia wasn't, wasn't discussed, wasn't talked about. And you don't know. And I mean, he, he, that, that, the morning before, or the afternoon before, he wasn't feeling that great. The next morning, he was feeling a little bit less, but his mom and he went out and they threw frisbees for like five or 10 minutes. Like, you know, I'm just feeling tired. And she gave him some tea and toast and what normal chicken soup, whatever. And it was that night that, uh, you know, it was 1 30, quarter to two in the morning. They were talking, you know, and he's like, you know, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. And he got up and just collapsed. And it was, you know, they got there in eight minutes or whatever. It was, that was it though. He was gone. You know, I miss him to this day. He was a great kid. 
You know, did he have his problems? Absolutely. Well, I was, think we was, are all human and we course. are all flawed. So in different ways and but, on different days. But so most, we have to most, that. most of the bullshit that you hear from the other guy that's still alive. Well, it's bullshit. I, Corey Haim and I spoke about it. Mm-hmm. There was an incident that happened to him by a guy who was an actor and a radio DJ and whatever. Right. I said, well, did I don't anybody go else do that? Well, he said, yeah. no. Yeah, he be- said no, and then it, and then of course when he's gone, that actor radio DJ guy sells the National Enquirer a story that Feldman feeds him to do it, so and wh- here you go, and it was about a famous you know and an actor remained, and it's all bullshit. You've actually remained close to his family. And- his mom's like my second mom. I try, we try and talk yeah. every week, every ten days, something like you know when I was gone, we were on Facebook. And all whatever. right. We go back and forth. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up now down to three minutes. So I just wanted to say God bless you. God bless you. You know. His yes. God bless name. everybody. And Judy. 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 Haim. Judy Haim is a wonderful lady. She's that. I'm telling you, she's like my second mom. I call her right. mom, you know, and, and I've been up there and visited and, you know, uh, if it was closer, I'd go more often. So the what Toronto I want to do, though, is I want to make sure that your fans out there know how to jump on your social medias and check out your stuff. He's, he does memorabilia. He does all kinds of stuff. Uh, well, you go minutes. to uh, if you Google a Christmas story family, that's where we have a lot of uh, different stuff that has to do with Christmas story, a lot of different products, all that kind of stuff. Uh, social media. It's Scott Schwartz actor on Facebook. You can follow me there. Or if you jump on to uh, the Christmas Story family page, there's a VIP thing, and we do appearances on there and do that kind of stuff. Beyond that, I'm not, I'm not a Twitter guy. I don't. You're need to not doing your memorabilia anymore, and you're. Oh not no, doing no, all I still do that. that, but yeah. All right. I don't need to tell anybody I'm going to the bathroom on Twitter. I just that's not me. I don't care. No. I know most people live out loud. I like to live out my business on Twitter. God, Scotty, it's been great chatting with you again, and good luck with the movie. And I can't Anytime, wait to kiddo. see it. Congratulations! For you. Congratulations! You know that I almost talk. I almost know you 35 years. Right? You know 35 that? 35 years. 34. It's like 34. You're gonna have to bring Amber to the premiere. Love you guys. Love the family. Sending my love to Mrs. Schwartz and Mr. Schwartz. Good luck, and I hope to see you guys again. That's all the time we have for tonight's episode of Rock Peace, and everybody. Sexy. Be well. Uncensored. Follow us on all of our social media links, and join us again next week for another amazing episode. Good night. Thank you for tuning in to Amber Lynn's Rock and Sexy Uncensored. Available on RockandSexyUncensored.com. Don't forget to hit us up on all your favorite social media links and tune in next week for another amazing episode of Rockin' Sexy Uncensored. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.